Nature Myths and Stories for Little Children by Flora J. Cook. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Tree Stories Daphne was the daughter of the river Peneus. She was a beautiful child, and her father loved her more than anything else in the world. Her home was in a cave which he had cut for her in a great white cliff. The walls of the cave were of marble. From the roof hung crystal chandeliers which Peneus's servants had made. On the floor was a soft green carpet woven by the water fairies. Peneus brought his most beautiful pebbles to Daphne's cave every night. He sang songs to her in the evenings and told her stories of his travels. She visited with him on the great island which he was building in the sea. When the morning stars shone in the sky, it was Daphne who awakened the birds and flowers. With her golden hair flying behind her, she sped into the forest. Everything awoke when they felt the touch of her rosy fingers, and smiled as they saw her happy face. The trees and the forest animals were her playfellows, and she had no wish for other friends. She learned their ways, and the deer could not run more swiftly than she, nor the birds sing more sweetly. One day, as she was running over the stones near the cave, King Apollo saw her. Ah, little maid, he said, you are very beautiful. Your feet are too tender for the hard rocky earth. Come, you shall live with me in my palace in the sky. But Daphne fled from him. She did not want to leave her beautiful earth home. Fear gave her wings, and faster and faster she flew. Her hair streamed behind her like a cloud of golden light. Apollo followed more swiftly than the wind. Stop and listen, he cried. I am not a foe, foolish girl. It is Apollo who follows you. I shall carry you to a home more beautiful than anything you have ever seen. She felt his breath upon her hair, and saw his hand as he stretched it forth to seize her. "'Father, save me from Apollo!' she cried. "'Let the earth enclose me!' Peneus heard her voice, and instantly her feet became fastened in the soil like roots. A soft bark covered her body, and her beautiful hair became the leaves of the laurel tree." Apollo sadly gathered some of the leaves and wove them into a wreath. He laid his hand upon the tree and said, I would have made you happy, but you would not listen to me. At least you shall be my tree. Your leaves shall be evergreen, and heroes shall be crowned with them in a sign of victory. The End A FAIRY STORY Some fairies once lived in a dark glen in a pine forest. They were real fairies, many of them not higher than a pin. Their greatest treasure was a magic cap, which had been in the fairy family for many generations. The most wonderful thing about the cap was that it fitted exactly anyone who wore it. When one fairy put it on, he and all the others became invisible. A stupid race of giants lived among the mountains near them. 
they wanted the fairy cap more than anything else in the world one warm day when the elves were away from home a giant came into the glen he was seeking just such a cool place for his afternoon nap he was so large and the glen so small that when he lay down he almost filled the valley the music of a fairy brook soon lulled him to sleep perhaps you have heard how a giant snores and how his breath comes in great puffs the giant was snoring and puffing when the fairies came towards home they heard the strange sound and thought a great storm was brewing there has never been such a wind in the glen said the fairy queen we will not go down into it we must seek shelter for to-night on this hillside just then they came to the giant's ear here is a fine cavern the queen said and she stopped and waved her wand a fairy hastened forward to carry the cap to a safe place in the cave for that was always their first care just then the giant awoke he raised his great head oh how miserable the fairies were they wept and moaned until even the dull ear of the giant heard them it was a sound like the tolling of tiny silver bells he listened and understood what the wee voice of the prisoner in his ear was saying he was the wisest and most kind-hearted of all the giants he helped the little creature gently out into his hand and looked at him in wonder he had never before seen a fairy in vain the brave little fellow tried to conceal the precious cap the giant saw the wonderful star and knew at once that he had the treasure cap of the elves he set the fairy carefully upon the ground and shouted for joy as he found that the cap exactly fitted his own great head the poor fairies could no longer see him but they heard a sound like thunder as he hurried over the stones towards his home they were now afraid to move about while the sun shone they crept under leaves and into shells and cried bitterly by sundown every plant in the glen was wet with their tears the sharp eyes of the eagle on the mountain top saw them and a great pity filled his heart i must help the fairies he said otherwise i should not be worthy to be called the king of the birds he went directly to the home of the giants and demanded the cap but they refused to give it up all that an eagle could do he did but as the giants wore the invisible cap he could not see them he could only hear their great voices he knew however that the giants were proud of their great size and strength and liked above all things to be seen he was sure that they would not wear the cap in a battle and he did not lose hope one day they carefully placed it under a large stone on the mountain side below them the keen eye of the eagle was watching he flew fearlessly to the spot as soon as the giants had left it he lifted the stone in his great talons and was soon flying away with the cap to the fairy glen the giants saw him and knew at once what he was doing they began a fierce attack upon him 
the air was filled with flying arrows and sharp rocks drops of blood fell on the mountainside and many feathers fluttered down but the brave eagle was soon out of their reach he did not stop until the cap was safe in the fairy queen's lap there was great rejoicing among the fairies that day they had a feast in the eagle's honor and healed his wounds with fairy magic on the mountainside wherever the blood and feathers fell there sprang up trees with feather-like leaves and blood-red berries all the giants fairies plants and animals knew why they grew the unselfish love of the eagle's blood could not die but lived again in the beautiful trees but people who did not know how they came there called them mountain ash trees the end philemon embossus on a high hill in greece long ago lived philemon embossus they had always been poor but never unhappy at the time of the story the people in the valley below them were very busy zeus their king had sent word that he was about to visit them hermes his messenger was to come with him the people were getting ready great feasts and making everything beautiful for their coming for miles out of the city men were watching for the golden chariot and white horses of the king one night just at dark two beggars came to the valley they stopped at every house and asked for food and a place to sleep but the people were too busy or too tired to attend to their needs foot-sore and weary at last they climbed the hill to the hut of philemon and bossus these good people had eaten scarcely anything for several days that they might have food to offer the king when they saw the strangers philemon said surely these men need food more than the king bossus spread her one white tablecloth upon the table she brought out bacon and herbs wild honey and milk she set these before the strangers with all the good dishes that she had then a wonderful thing happened the dishes which the strangers touched turned to gold the milk in the pitcher became rich nectar philemon and bossus dropped upon their knees they knew that their guests could be no other than zeus and hermes zeus raised his hand and said arise good people ask what you will and it shall be yours philemon and bossus cried in one voice grant o zeus that one of us may not outlive the other but that both may die in the same instant this had long been the wish in each heart and the fear of being left alone in the world was the one trouble of their old age zeus smiled and changed their rude hut into a beautiful castle and granted them many years of happy life one morning the people in the valley noticed that the castle had disappeared they hurried to the spot and found growing in its place two beautiful trees an oak and a linden no trace of the good couple could be found many years after however a traveller 
lying under the trees, heard them whispering to each other. He lay very still, and soon learned that in them Philemon and Baucis still lived, happy and contented, and protected by Zeus from all harm. The End The Poplar Tree one night just at sunset an old man found the pot of gold which lies under the end of the rainbow his home was far beyond the dark forest through which he was passing the pot of gold was heavy and he soon began to look for a safe place in which to hide it until morning a poplar tree stood near the path stretching its branches straight out from the trunk that was the way the poplar trees grew in those days. Ah, said the man, this tree is the very place in which to conceal my treasure. The trees are all asleep, I see, and these leaves are large and thick. He carefully placed the pot of gold in the tree and hurried home to tell of his good fortune. Very early the next morning Iris, the rainbow messenger, missed the precious pot of gold she hastened to zeus and told him of the loss zeus immediately sent hermes in search of it hermes soon came to the forest where it was hidden he awakened the trees and asked them if they had seen the pot of gold they shook their heads sleepily and murmured something which hermes could not understand then zeus himself spoke to them hold your arms high above your heads he said that i may see that all are awake up went the arms but alas down to the ground came the pot of gold the poplar tree was more surprised than any one else he was a very honest tree and for a moment hung his head in grief and shame then again he stretched his arms high above his head and said forgive me great father hereafter i shall stand in this way that you may know that i hide nothing from the sun my king at first the poplar tree was much laughed at he was often told that he looked like a great umbrella which a storm had turned inside out but as years went by every small poplar was taught to grow as fearless straight and open-hearted as himself and the whole poplar family became respected and loved for its uprightness and strength the end the secret of fire one summer night a great army of pine trees settled down in a quiet valley to rest they were a tall dark grave-looking company they held their heads high in the air for they were the only trees in the world who knew the wonderful secret of fire high above this valley on the hillside lived a little company of oaks they were young brave and strong-hearted when they saw the great band of pines marching into the valley the tallest one said let us make them divide the gift of fire with us no said the oldest wisest oak we must not risk foolishly the lives of our acorns we could do nothing against so many all the acorns had been listening to what the trees said each one longed to help in finding out the great secret one of them became so excited that he fell from the limb 
down upon the hard ground. He did not stop at the foot of the tree, but rolled over and over, far down into the valley. Here a brook picked him up and hurried him away. But as he stopped to rest by a stone, he heard his good friend, the wind, talking to a pine tree. "'What is the secret of fire which the pine trees know?' asked the wind. "'Don't you think it is selfish to keep it all to yourselves?' The pine tree loved the wind and answered, "'Great wind, it is indeed a wonderful secret. You must never tell it.' Then she whispered it to the wind. The little acorn went on and on down the stream. He came to an old log, which was the home of a large family of squirrels. The mother squirrel was very sad. The last flood had brought her and her children far away from their old forest home. Her family had all been saved, but food was scarce, and winter was near. The acorn felt very sorry for her, and said, I am too small to do you much good alone. If you will carry me back to my home, I will show you a forest with plenty of nuts. You can take your family there in the fall. This the squirrel was very glad to do. As they went along, the acorn called to all the elms, maples, willows, and hickories to meet that night on the hilltop. Come to the hill across from the great blue mountains, he said. There you will learn the secret of fire. By the evening they were all there in great companies, ready for war on the pines. When the squirrel came to the forest and saw all the nuts, she was much pleased. She offered to carry the acorn to the very top of the tallest tree. The trees were all glad for this, for everyone wanted to hear what he said. When the acorn began to speak, even the wind stopped whispering and listened. Friends, he said, there must be no battle. The pine trees have only the same gift of fire that you have. To every tree that stretches out its arms, the glorious sun gives this gift. But it was in this way that the pine trees learned the secret of getting the fire from the wood. They saw an old Indian chief with two curious pieces of wood. One was round and smooth, the other was sharp-pointed. With all his strength he was rubbing them together. Soon he had worn a groove in the round stick. He rubbed faster and faster, and there in the groove was a tiny spark of fire. Then the Indian blew his breath upon the spark, and a little yellow flame leaped up. All the pine trees saw it. See, it is fire, they said. When the great company of trees had heard the acorn's story, they shook their heads in doubt. Then the acorn said, This is the true secret of fire. If you do not believe it, why do you not try it for yourselves? They took his advice, and all the trees learned that what he had said was true. They were so happy that they spent the whole night in singing and dancing. In the morning, when they saw the great blue mountains and the beautiful valley, many of them settled down upon the hillside for life. 
the pines looked up and saw hundreds of trees with their shining arms they were so frightened that they climbed high up on the mountainside there they stayed a long long time they grew sad and lonely and often sighed and wished for their old home and comforts but they were brave and strong-hearted and helped each other at last some of them came down into the valley again through suffering they had grown strong and unselfish they gave their best trees to the people and their fairest to the children at christmas time indeed there is not a tree in the world to-day more loved than the pine tree who first had the secret of fire the end end of tree stories